Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only excludes Alaska and Hawaii. All right, it's another film study. It's been a while. We had to take a little break after the way the season ended and uh, evaluate that. Now we get to look at the roster as a whole and kind of look forward from this point. So we're going to do our roster evaluation. Ken McCusick, how you doing? Life's good, Josh. How about you? I'm doing well. Can't complain. Um, there's always there's really just one guest that we want every year for the roster evaluation. There's not really an option. It's always whenever Brian is available. So Brian McFarland, welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. For having me on, guys. It's always fun. Uh, always informative. Informative is is a two way street here, at, at least with most of the traffic coming in this direction. We appreciate that, Brian. Uh, great look ahead, I think, to what we've got. And I always appreciate having you on, going over the roster and value relative to cap with you. All right, so we usually break down the roster in a similar manner each time, but we'll start with the young producers. We'll talk about the defensive side of the ball first, if that's okay with you, Brian? Sure, absolutely. All right. Uh, so these are the first group is players on their first contract who are already largely starting and playing fairly well at least I had trouble with that with one player in this group, but but they're they're significant starters or rotational players on the team in their uh, on their first contract, and these are the guys who help you beat the salary cap. Absolutely, I mean those are you know that's your cheap labor. Um, although one of them got a bump up um, by based on playing time, um, we figured out this week. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean these are the guys. I mean this is what the Ravens have always done. Those young guys. You can balance out having your Ray Lewis's and your Joe Flacco's, your top-of-the-market deals, uh, Ronnie Stanley's now, um, when you have young guys who are producing. All right. Uh, I'm interested to hear who the guy is, but we'll, we'll go through them in order here. Uh, and I just have them alphabetically, not trying to be tricky about who's more important than who. But Deshaun Elliott, the first name on the list, one of the most interesting names this offseason, I think, after two injury-filled years, 
played well at free safety. I think as the year wore on, we saw more of that legitimate free safety range. And he's the one. Um, so there is the thing called the proven performance escalator. Um, we knew, um, I, actually, I shouldn't say we, sh I should have known, but I didn't pay attention. But we knew it happened for Andrews. We knew it happened for uh, Bozeman. And we knew it happened for Orlando Brown. Um, because I'd never even looked at the numbers on Elliott, um, because he didn't, he played, what, 40, 40 snaps in the first two years. He played, what, something like 98% of the snaps. Um, overall, that got, because they played more defensive snaps this year, um, that got, the, got, got him over the 35%. Um, so wow. that saw his uh, $910,000 um, salary go up to $2.183 million. Um, so, you know, he earned it. Um, and, he, uh, you know, but that's, um, you know, that was kind of a surprise because, again, the numbers you figured hardly plays the first two seasons. You're not going to go over 35%, but it was just the way the, way the, the snaps, uh, I guess last year, there was, they were very low on snaps compared to the, the other, uh, to, compared to this year. Now, is that graded at all? Meaning if he had played 33% of the snaps, would he have gotten a portion of that? No, no. you got to get over 30 all or nothing. All or nothing. Yeah. So, so the Ravens could have hosed him out of it by, say, not letting him play the second half of the Cincinnati game. That might have been enough. Correct, correct. Um, um, great Twitter follow, Yoshi. Uh, actually figured out the snap. It was sometime in the third quarter of the Cincinnati game um, that that snap would have occurred. Um, uh, it, and basically, the, the proven form, its escalator, is, is set up because, well, two CBAs ago now, they got rid of, basically got, um, all rookies have four-year contracts. Used to be late-round rookies had three years, and then they'd have the restricted free agent year, which was a bump up in salary. So um, this is basically that bump up in salary that, um, you know, you don't, uh, they don't get screwed, so to speak, because of the, the new rookie scale that they can still make that back up. Well, now, one of my hopes with Elliot this offseason was that he would be in line to get an early extension, which is going to be more difficult this year because of available cap space. And it's probably going to be more difficult this year because of what teams may project future cap to be in the next couple of years, as opposed to players and agents, what right. they may think it should be. Uh, Elliot, uh, along with Bozeman and Averett, were the three guys who I thought are on the inexpensive side where there's a lot of divisible benefit potentially on the table between those groups. Can you talk a little bit about that and why it might or might not make sense for Elliot for a deal, say, three years in the seven eight million dollar range well i mean if you look at uh, you know probably this time last year you know chuck clark got his if i if i remember correctly mm -hmm. and you were you know I, it might have been a couple days after we did this episode if I, I i feel like it was um so i mean that's the same kind of thing um and maybe you know maybe this escalator helps him get that extension because now if it does add a little bit to his cap number you're not adding two or three million this year because of the way the, the way they would structure it, you're only adding one or two, um, and maybe not even that much. Um, they're going to be structuring contact contracts this year. Going to be backloaded, um, or at least not as backloaded as they used to be, but certainly very low first year cap numbers, and then uh, you know much higher. So they could still be flat in structure, but it'll just be flat after this year. So I mean, they could do that with the you know with what he's making now. They could probably make that work. Um, and coming off, you know, I mean, he may, 
I, you know, I didn't expect Clark to take it. it they, they obviously, and I think it was better than the numbers we had projected. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe that is something they can work out with Elliot, especially coming off of, you know, he was injured two years. So, you know, he maybe he, spe he especially looks at it like, you know, if I get injured next year, I lose out on my payday. So why don't I take it now? And on it, like Clark, a two or three year deal, or three year deal, I think Clark's was. So he's a free agent again when the money's back in the market. So he can get paid some now, maybe give up some now, but, you know, ideally make it up when the market's flush again. And a three year deal, including his third, fourth, and fifth seasons, seems to be about a perfect extension. In Clark, they got it to four, but, in, but for. A lot of players, it seems like in this environment, a three-year deal might be about perfect. Yeah, I think so. And that way, if if you know if next year's the, the obviously going to be the down year with the cap, but if the following year should bump up, it's the question would it bump up where it would have been uh, without the pandemic, or whether it's going to bump up, you know, at a normal rate, quote unquote, which would still be ten or fifteen million under where it should be. So mm -hmm. that it may take a now obviously TV deal will be huge, but. Um, but we got to get, we got obviously got to get everything that's going on in the world behind us before that's right. even got to get fans in the stands yeah. too. It's too significant a portion of total yeah. revenue, even with a new TV deal. Uh, let's let's continue sure. on here because we need to we need to kind of move. Uh, second young producer on my list is Justin Matabike. Not really an issue uh, putting him on the list. Played terrifically in the second half. This is his first time jumping to the list. Uh, not only did he play well, he played more snaps uh, than he had in the first half. Ended up playing twenty five percent of the snaps for the whole year. I think a fine rookie year. And what's really important about him is he makes the defensive line younger, and that's a place where the Ravens really need it. Yeah, absolutely. He was a guy I really liked in the draft. I'm and I'm not. Patting myself on the back, there are plenty of guys I liked that turned out to be terrible. So, but I got, I did get him right. So, um, and he, you know, he obviously played well. He, the fact that he fell through, I mean, there were some talking about him as a late first round pick. The fact that he fell into the third, um, seventy one, yeah. yeah, and then um, obviously came on a little slowly. But you know, a, a lot of rookies did because they didn't have a you know a real full training camp and OTAs and stuff like that. So, um, and I do. I mean, the reports on him where he's got a lot of ability to eventually and hopefully, you know, full, a full off season here, be able to push that pocket a little more up the middle. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's that's huge. I mean, obviously, you know, that's that's where you get that's where you get quarterbacks off their game when you get you, you get somebody in their face. And it's kind of what we've we've been lacking for a while. Yeah, we. I mean, I think they have it now with Campbell, with what Wolf right, gives them in sure. terms of stunt. But but Matabike is that violent hands one on one three tech winner that the Ravens have really needed, and and uh, he's a he's an exceptional talent and and pushing the pocket. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we got it from Permelo McPhee at one point, but but what we get from Matabike now is a lot of one on one wins, and those are hard to find. But he had five pressures in one of the games I scored, all five were one-on-one -on -one wins. They weren't something where somebody else created a pressure and he stunted right, or there was any kind of a level two deal going on. It was it was him winning one-on-one, so I was real impressed by that. Let's move on to one of the difficult stories of this year. And this is, I had a lot of trouble deciding whether this guy belongs in developmental or young producer, but eventually I put him in young producer because of the snaps played largely. Patrick Queen, uh, not the greatest rookie year, certainly flashed. Uh, we certainly hope for more, but... He is where he is, and he's starting for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean he's gonna he's gonna be there unless you know the wheels really come off the cart, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I mean he, as you said, he flashed. The, I mean, some plays, you know, some games he was exceptional. 
and then others um, obviously then pass coverage and you know seemingly being out of position and, uh, and maybe letting his eyes do a little too much uh, maybe and just pulling them one direction or the other and not not you know sticking to his assignments perhaps but um, yeah I mean again hopefully that's I mean you know the the story about him coming out was that he never made the same mistake twice. I'm not sure if that really held this year, no. <laughs> but um, but hopefully that's something again with an off season and you know time, uh, you know time in the film room and things like that um, because it's different. As good as Alabama is, it's different than playing against Alabama in, in the NFL. So um, you know you've got uh, you've got all kinds of multiple things you just don't see in college. In in a way, I wish it were only the coverage stuff because I think he is did a little better in the second half on that. But more than that, um, I think he's got a tackling issue, and he had a very high missed tackle percentage. It was up there towards the towards the top of the entire NFL. And there's several different sites for this. But whether you take PFF or Pro Football Reference, you're going to see he has one of the highest numbers in the entire leagues. Misses about every sixth tackle. That's way too much for a linebacker. It's really too much for a safety to miss that much, and they they are allowed to miss a slightly higher rate, uh, but or to to be average, they they'll, they'll miss a few more. But that's that's the real problem. If he, if his problems are all coverage, I'd say work on the film, figure out the route combinations. He'll eventually figure out what's going on behind him and be able to do the things. But as a tackler, he needs positional coaching. He needs he needs time with a Singletary or a Lewis to try and learn out how to tackle well, where his you know instinctive ability and his speed and whatnot got him by at college. All right. That's the, that's the top group. We'll move on to the developmental group. This to me is the, always the most interesting group every year, five defensive players on this list, which is kind of tight. Ravens have an older defense. They don't have a lot of young producers. They don't have a lot of developmental, which is bad. They need to draft some and restock on these players. But number one is an interesting guy that I I think also could be a, a uh, extension possibilities, Anthony Averett. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, obviously health has been an issue with him as well, but um, he seemingly, towards the end of the year when he was healthy, seemed to play pretty well. I mean, they seemed, uh, I mean, Harbaugh doesn't generally say anything bad about people, but he seemed to be, now whether he was just trying to build up his confidence, but he, you know, he seemed to be uh, pretty effusive about him, and, you know, and um, so, um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy, again, as you mentioned, uh, an extension. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, you've got you got a lot of guys under contract right now at cornerback. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he's certainly a guy. I mean, DeCosta's talked about. I want to, you know, I want to get my guys signed. Um, you know, as we go through further through the list, some of the guys that are going to be free agents. Uh, a lot of guys looking at one-year deals just to, you know, get through the next year to, and then hopefully hit the market when it's flush. So, kind of like we said with Elliott, you know, Avert could certainly be a guy that would fit into that category. Um, and, you know, what Peters has next year and the year after. So, um, you know, obviously Humphrey's going to be here for a long time. So, and Smith is obviously not going to be here much longer. So, uh, I guess we keep saying that. Every well, year. right. But I mean, <laughs> if these, yeah. So, I mean, you know, so that's certainly a, a possibility. Um, but he may be a guy that on his own just wants to wait and, and see uh, before he locks himself behind these guys at this point. Right. I, I think the, the way that the Ravens would probably try and sell this to him, and I think honestly the way the situation is, is Smith will likely only be here for one more year. So he's got the fourth cornerback job locked up as soon as Smith is gone. And those are the two extra years that the Ravens would want him for. And honestly, Peters is playing for his third year in 2021. So he'll, it, whether or not he stays with the team in 2022 will be a function of what happens. 
what happens this year. So, uh, you know, he's a, he'll be a big cap nut to swallow uh, in 2022. And the Ravens may decide, hey, as good as he is, we have to move on. We've got Anthony Averett. Maybe we've got this other young cornerback, whoever that is. And and we're we're prepared to to make the move. Other thing is Tavon Young right. and his health issues, and we're going to get to that a little later. I think make Averett an important fifth corner for the Ravens, and it gives them a lot of depth at the position that they that they had needed every bit of it and more this year. Seems like every year. I mean, even the years mm-hmm. you're like, we are so deep, we're never going to have mm-hmm. those issues, uh, and it makes it you know it's scary when you when you think when they weren't deep and what they you know. 2007 was it? I think was the oh, year. Oh it was yeah, just terrible. Yeah. Um, and it's the was that the Big Ben game where they had like five touchdowns, five passing touchdowns mm-hmm. at half, and um, that disaster. So yeah, those kind of yeah, those kind of nightmares still still hold in my head for sure. <laughs> Yeah, my, mine too. The 2007, I often refer to as the secondary of dying men. Out of that, that gone with the wind shot where they take the streets of Atlanta, where you just see her walking by and there's a dead man, and then they pull out and you realize it's a street right, full of right. all dying men. So it was, it was like that in terms of the secondary, not to over-dramatize it. Uh, the second player on our developmental list is Chris Board. Uh, I, I, obviously significantly up in terms of his number of snaps, played this proxy dimeback role where he was effectively on the field in situations where the Ravens would otherwise have had a safety playing that dimeback role. Uh, and that was really all he played. Um, he didn't really play any pure inside linebacker snaps, or not very many anyway. Uh, contributed a little bit as a pass rusher, really not at all in terms of coverage. Uh, he had a little bit of ability to cover players on a wheel route, but his other his other ability and his recognition of what's going on behind him still very poor. Uh, in terms of board, interesting player because he's a special teams player who also contributes some on defense. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be an interesting case with the tight cap because he's a restricted free agent, which man, undrafted, it, um, which means just being able to match an offer um, would be $2.133 million. So mm-hmm. um, I don't see him getting that. No. Um, no. So he's a guy that, you know, whether it's, you know, the Anthony Levine kind of deal where uh, it's a... Um, it's a two-year deal. I've done that with a few guys when they came oh, up yeah. for their restricted free agent. So instead of get him, you get him for you know, two point five over the two years as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, two two point one over one or something like that. I mean, he's certainly a guy that uh, he, the Ravens might just be the ones who would pay him more than anybody else because I doubt he's going to get more than the you know, the minimum somewhere else. Um, so that's you know uh, nine hundred and ten. So you know so. They could give him a little more, and, and he can hang around. And again, if you know if somehow he flashes over the next two years, then you know maybe he hits the market when it's flush again. Right. Well, the, the Ravens certainly have, I think, more to offer him than just about than most other teams in terms of what role he might have. And you know, given that he's he he could be Levine's replacement as the captain of special teams, which would be it's an honorary thing, but it's still kind of cool, mm-hmm. I would think, if if you're a player, and he might get that somewhere else too. But I'm looking at at laying out the the different possibilities of what will happen. I think a one year deal has only maybe a 25 percent chance of a board landing in Baltimore. I think there's probably about a 30 percent chance he goes somewhere else for a one year deal or two. But I think the most likely thing is exactly what you said, is a two-year deal in Baltimore, maybe maybe 45% chance of that happening, I would think, because they've done it so many times yeah. with the exact same, same, same structure. Of, same, and same kind of guy. Yeah. 
You know, yeah, yeah, same kind yeah. of guy. A little bit of contribution on defense, yeah. a whole lot on special teams. At Levine, McClellan, yeah. him, Gary Stills, all yeah. the same contract. Yeah. All right, let's move on here. Jalen Ferguson is next. Obviously, trial by fire his rookie year. Played fewer snaps this year. About, lost about 40% of his snaps, including some activations towards the end of the year, which was a little bit unusual. Yeah. He lost some to Ward. Improved a lot as a run defender. Uh, just in terms of your projection for him, obviously still only a second-year player. We don't really have to worry about the, the, the next contract just yet. But he sure is an important player to the Ravens in terms of their outside linebacker core. Well, he's uh, he's the only one under contract, so yeah. Um, and again, and obviously, you know, um, the Nagakwe trade changed a lot of things. Obviously, it you know it 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 made he and he and or Ward inactive. Um, it, you know, it was Ward initially, and then they they switched back, and and Ward played some pretty valuable snaps down the stretch. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean that's they gotta hope that you know. Unfortunately, they have sometimes have these late blooming outside linebackers, you know, edge guys that you know in their third and fourth years uh, hit. So you know, fingers crossed that that he's one of them. Yeah, yeah the Paul Kruger mold. Yeah, the uh, you know even even the Matthew Judon was kind of a late uh, bloomer as well in terms. I of, mean, Darius Smith, McPhee, yeah. yes. all of them were. You know, they, they, they flashed a little in their first couple of years, but those third and fourth years, they really came into their own. Yep, yep, absolutely. Okay, next one on the list, Malik Harrison. Now, Harrison played 27% of the snaps on the defense. Very run-heavy role for him. He's an early down player. His If you look at the percentage of run versus pass snaps, uh, he's very heavy towards the run side. He is by far the best tackler the Ravens have at linebacker. In fact, he's really the only good tackler they have at at, uh, at uh, inside linebacker. Fort did not have a good year there this year, uh, who we'll get on to. But another guy frequently targeted in coverage really has not figured it out there in terms of spe- specifically in terms of what's going on behind him. I think good downhill player. It would really be nice if he had been the first round pick and Queen had been the third round pick because I don't think they'd be afraid to have Harrison playing the Mike role and Queen playing some sort of weak side role. But because they drafted him where they did, they almost feel like they had to give Queen the Mike role where he'd be on the field all the time. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, and it'll be interesting to see if that, you know, if that holds going forward, if, if it perhaps will next year, but maybe third year, if it, you know, if next year looks like this year, maybe they, you know, they switch that. Um, obviously, you know, depend if Martin, Martindale's still here and what kind of, you know, defense they're running as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, uh, you know, I thought it was a solid third round pick when they, when they got him. Um, it's kind of surprised they took a second, uh, linebacker, yes, but very as it turns out, maybe they needed to, you know, maybe that, you know, so like two tight ends some years and it, you know, works out the second guys is better than the first guy, but. Um, you know, maybe this is just another, another, uh, just different position. So, yeah, but hopefully, I mean, you know, again, pass coverage is always hard on a rookie. So hopefully that's something that, um, you know, that full off season makes a difference for. Yeah. Both of them, there's a lot of positional coaching needed, but those two, those two inside linebackers could really benefit from it tremendously. Uh, the last guy on the, on my developmental list is Broderick Washington. Now he's a tough one because he played only 15% of the snaps. It's a place where the Ravens certainly need youth. As we talked before, they drafted two defensive linemen. All their other guys are 30 plus. In fact, now they're, I guess they're all 31 plus going into this next year. Uh, that's not a good place to be. 
and they have some big contracts there on the back end. Uh, you know, we'll talk about Campbell and, and Williams, but it looks like they are likely to still be around. Wolf, they're talking about re-signing. I mean, that's a lot of money already spent on the defensive line where they'd really like to get younger. Yeah, and hopefully Washington isn't a, a you know a Dalen Mack from last year yeah. where now Mack I don't think Mack even saw the field if I remember or very rarely eight, eight, snaps. eight snaps so at least in this case Washington seen uh, saw the field more so um, you know they they've always done well generally uh, Mack excluded perhaps but with those later round you know um, big guys up there and I'm mean, you're not obviously not going to get a you're not going to get a huge pass rusher probably in there, but if you can get a you know solid run stuffer out of it, um, you know then that's something. Uh, you know this year they only have well, depending upon maybe if, if David Culley gets the the, te- the Houston job, then they'll you know get an additional third. But they're not swimming in picks this year at this point. Like they, I mean, think I think they went into the last draft last year with nine already in, in place, and I um, know they'll, they'll obviously trade down here and there. And, pick up some additional ones. So, I mean, I think you, I, you know, you hit it on the head. If, if hopefully the, you know, the two that were drafted this year become something, and if they get another fourth or fifth or sixth that can hit next year, um, I don't know if they'll get somebody earlier than that uh, again because of some of their other needs and at this point not having a third-round pick. Now, so going to the draft, we hear about um, wide receiver. You hear about needing another tight end. You hear about needing uh, an offensive lineman. There might even be people talking about getting a running back, and people talk about the skill position players a lot, obviously. But it's the defense, to me, that clearly needs more of a youth infusion than the offense. I mean, I just the, the offensive line has a lot of young choices already. That's a place where I could see them getting by with a one-year vet on a kind of a low contract if they can bargain on. You know, I, I'm not ever crazy about the free agent wide receiver train, but if you're going to do it, get a bargain this year, a one-year bargain. Some guy who really thinks he's better than he is and is right, and you know, and and we get him for one year. That that'd be fantastic. I really don't want a big contract at wide receiver, and I, I, I the 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 place where I think the money needs to be spent in in a lot of ways is on some of their homegrown talent that we're going to get to in this next category. Uh, and the very first name on our list of veterans playing for market value is Tyus Bowser, who's a free agent coming up. For my money, is one of the most important signees this offseason. Yeah, I mean, he's another one of those guys that you know started flashing a little uh, two years ago, and then obviously this year uh, played very well. I mean, he's never going to probably be a you know ten sack guy, but he's going to do a lot of things really well. Um, so um, you know, he's going to be an interesting, obviously. You know, the Ravens, I mean, all the teams are, you know, not in the greatest cap position given the drop in the cap if it drops where, you know, to the 175. So, you know, there are going to be a lot of those middle, perhaps, free agents like, like Bowser that you might be able to get kind of a steal on or give them a, a one or another, again, a one or two year deal, um, pay them handsomely. There's ways of structuring these things with, you know, dummy years in the contract. Um, that you can spread out that bonus, you, you know, and they vo- those years void. You got to deal with the cap consequences down the road, but your teams are going to have to be creative this year. Um, and so are the so are players and agents. So, um, you know, if there's, he may have played his way out. You know, I don't think he's played his way out as far as some of the others in the past couple of years. Uh, your, you know, your Darius Smiths and your Krugers, you know, over the years. But, um, and this may be the year you can get him back on a steel deal. Um, 
it'd be nice. I mean, he's certainly one of those players you'd love to sign for a multi-year deal. Signing for one year, it'd be okay. But but honestly, if I think it'd be much better if they could get him back on a mid-level contract for multiple years. Here's here's the problem: the Jets and New England are the two of the teams that have a lot of money to spend. And those two teams, the Jets are obviously very familiar with the Ravens personnel, so they're going to know Bowser. And New England loves this kind of outside linebacker. And I just, I've, I, if he doesn't end up in the AFC East, I'll be really shocked. Right, no, that's true. And you know, it's, um, you know, when we did, when we did this in the fall, um, you know, we were talking about re- how we're going to resign Judon and and Nagakwe, and we 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 were complimenting Bowser, but you know, it, it's become. Now it's more, he's, I mean, I personally think he'd be the priority over the others. One, because he's going to be cheaper. Um, at, at that price, at yeah. That, yeah, at a, at a price. Yeah. But the, I certainly don't, you know, the other two are probably going to price their way out of Baltimore. And, uh, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, you, I don't, if, if, um, if Judon wants $20 million a year, I, I just don't see it. Now, you know, the market may tell him he's not getting that. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of guys aren't getting that, but you know, so it'll be. It's going to be a lot of interesting contracts out there. Okay. Okay. So, so you've hit on a great point here. Is is a player like Matthew Judon? Where does he end up out of this? What What is your guess? Does, can he get a, a twelve or thirteen million average annual value over four years at this point right now? I don't know because again, I mean, he does a lot of things well, mm-hmm. but. You do, you, if you're going to get, if you want 20 million a year, you got to get to the quarterback 10, 10 to 12 times a year. And so far that hasn't obviously been him. Now it wasn't Cedarius Smith either. And Green Bay went, you know, went way above where anybody thought. Mm-hmm. And, and actually I can't say I've looked at his numbers this year. Were they, were they about the same? Were they down? Were they up? Do you know? He didn't have, he didn't have as many sacks, okay. but I'll look it up while you're yeah. talking. So, um, but I think Judon is a more complete player than Zadarius Smith was when he was here, and probably even that, it, that he is in Green Bay. But so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, could he get 15? I don't know. He may be one of those guys. I mean, I remember, you know, you and I go further back than a lot of Ravens fans, but, sure, um, sure. you know, what, what year would it have been? 06, 05, 06? When we thought Bart Scott was going to get this big contract, and you know, and and then he got a, a you know a relatively modest, I think it was a three-year deal. He was in, was in Cleveland, and Billa called him up, or, or maybe it was Rex called him up and said, and he or he called them. I think I called. I think he called Ozzy, and he was about to sign, and he's about to agree to terms, and it's like you know what I, I you know. So and you know that was the, we, that was a steal. I mean that deal was an absolute steal, mm-hmm. and of course you know his next contract he he left and. And um, Rex, Rex came by his yeah, house Rex, at Rex, 1205. Yeah, Rex, Rex, Rex did the uh, the um, John Cusack with the with the uh, boombox outside from uh, what, Say Anything. I think the movie is. Um, I don't, don't know what you're talking uh, about. <laughs> so, there, there were a lot of memes about that. It was it was a movie where John Cusack was trying to woo his girlfriend. He had a big boombox on his shoulder, yeah, and Cameron people had to made watch people, a movie instead of yeah, just okay, well, Ravens football nonstop. Right. So, no, no, actually, I did, I did know. I didn't want to admit that I knew. That was the, so, <laughs> that was the so people. I remember people making uh, you know pictures, all uh, doing a photoshopping a boombox on Rex's shoulder, or, or boomboxing his face on John Cusack, I guess. So um, <laughs> anyway, off that tangent. But so you know, I mean, he may you know, um, I, Judon loves it here. Although his comments were kind of like, 
I think I'm gone, it sounded like to me. Mm -hmm. Whether that's you know, his choice or he you know, sees the writing on the wall, who knows. But, uh, but of course, he may think I'm getting 18 to 20 million a year, and the market may say you're getting you know, 12 to 15, and the Ravens, you know, as, as, they always, as Ozzie always said, I'll, you know, I'll, you know, I'll, make, if I, you know I'd love, I'll make an offer, and you go shop it, and if you can get better elsewhere, good for you. You know, that's, that's it. it. You, know, that's you know, that's what really has to happen. I think with all the players who are free agents is just they need to have an opportunity to test the market, and that'll give the Ravens another chance to resign some of these guys. I think, and 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 Gakwe and or Judon, I think it's one or the other, really fall into that category. I don't think either of them is going to get the kind of contract they would have gotten certainly last year. So the question is, can they get a multi-year deal that really is exciting enough to them? That they really want to sign it, or do they want to sign a shorter-term deal with the Ravens, whether it's one year or two, and get to the end of the pandemic and a chance to re-sign again. I mean, that would be an interesting question. I will obviously never know, but what the Ravens had offered um, Judon last year on a long-term deal compared to what he will end up getting this year and uh, mm-hmm. whether, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume he's going to lose some money here. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, that's true of a lot of the players who are who are coming up for contracts this year. Okay, we've covered a couple of the players. Let's keep going here. Sure. Clayus Campbell, uh, not a lot to say. I don't think there's any chance for $5 million they're going to cut him. He's a terrific player and uh, and obviously a good teammate. Chuck Clark, the absolute captain of the defense, very central, very cheap. Uh, the Ravens really have a few of these guys who are extremely cheap in this veterans playing for market value. So market value is a broad term intended to say they're making a lot of money, but they, they, these guys, a lot of them are still tremendous values even at a lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah. so Clark, Clark with their mid-sized deal, you know, certainly in that group. Justin, Justin Ellis, not a big contract. Uh, he's one of the guys who may or may not have a job this next year, but he's also one of the guys I think who could be re-signed relatively cheaply. Yeah, I mean, he's basically playing on one of these veteran salary benefit deals, used to be called minimum salary benefit deals before this, uh, before last year's CBA. Um, it reduces the base salary for cap purposes, so he gets paid like a veteran, but he's on the cap for basically a player that, uh, that has two years of service. So um, I would think, I mean, I, I, you know, he played sparingly, but when they needed him, you know, he gave him some decent snaps. So I would think he's a guy. I don't think he's that old either. Um, he's he's, he's over 30. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but, you know, for defensive linemen, that's not usually, especially a run stuffer kind of guy. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he's not going to be a guy they're going to sign, you know, anytime soon. And, you know, maybe not even until after the draft, but he's certainly a guy I think they could get could bring back. And there's going to be very little guaranteed money. So, if he's not amongst the top 53, then, you know, sayonara. Now, I think L.J. Ford had a really good year last year. Uh, he, he played the best, I can say, without question, of any of the Ravens' inside linebackers. It's not a tremendously impressive group, but L.J. Ford was the best of the group in terms of pretty much every aspect, with the exception, I think, that that um, Harrison is a little bit better tackler. But Fort uh, is a guy that now I look at his contract and what he's going to make next year. Is there any chance he gets cut? I I don't think so. And that, that's but that's I'm not certainly a hundred percent in that. Um, you know, there's only, there's you know there's two point five or two point two and a quarter million uh, in cap savings if he's not here. So it's not a huge amount, but you know they're going to have to find cap space from here, there, and everywhere. Um, so, you know, if you if, if if he's gone and you replace him, you're you know you're basically replacing him with somebody 
even on a, even a rookie is going to be close to seven hundred thousand. So you're reducing that that you know down to about a million and a half. So it you know um, it, I I think a lot of it will depend on how they feel about Queen and and, and Harrison, and if they mm -hmm. feel you know if they feel they and if they feel they can you know maybe draft a linebacker in the fifth who can you know be that guy for roughly seven hundred thousand that you know. Uh, makes the difference, or if Board can step into that role, um, and if they get if they get Board back on a cheaper deal, like we were talking, it'll it'll be interesting. Fort does not have a lot of tread wear, even though he's getting up there now in terms of age. But the, I don't see any reason why after this season, Fort could not fall into the perpetual two-year deal mode for the Ravens in terms of a guy who contributes on defense and is a top special teams player. Uh, definitely could be a spot for him. And you know, I'm thinking back to that first Cleveland game where he and Levine just sniffed out that fake punt right away before it even happened. It just it, it's it's beautiful to see the you really it, it pays to have some veterans on the field just to sniff that kind of stuff out. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and he, obviously he gives that bonus to special teams as well. So um, I would be surprised, but again, you know, they're going to be. You know they're going to be going. They're going to restructure a lot of contracts they wouldn't have restructured otherwise. Even if it only means saving a million dollars, you know, on some of these, you know, Tucker they can do, and it's like a mil, It's only a million. Doesn't change the cap numbers in the future that much either. So that's fine. But it's not going to save a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But they're going to have to do that with guys just to, you know, just to get some working cash, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, All right. Uh, Marlon Humphrey. Not a lot to say. Obviously, he'll be here for a long time. Came through. Big time on his uh, on this year, and now will be signed for five more. Correct? He's signed through two thousand twenty-five. Correct? Yeah, six, six more. Six, I think six it, more. Because it wasn't it. It was a five-year extension, but he had two years. He had this year and, his, and one and his, more and his, and, his and his option year, year and it was a five-year extension. Okay. So it's six more. Very, very good. good. Okay, so we hope for the best, and he certainly has come through on the initial part of it. Matthew Judon, we talked a little bit about. Anthony Levine has been in discussions here. Lost his dime roll. It may have been injury-related this year because the Ravens really were struggling without a legitimate dime back this year. Having board on the field was not nowhere near as good as what they've had there with Clark in 2019, with Levine in 2018, uh, and, and with Levine in 2017. Um it's it was sad to see him not out there. I think it was injury related. Maybe he can get it back. If he doesn't, they have some other options at safety who, who I who I hope will come through. Do you think Anthony Levine could be done in Baltimore? I, I mean, a lot of these guys, it's going to be. I'm going to take. I'm going to take a minimum deal. You know, he he's been being he's been paid above the minimum, um, slightly. I don't think. You know he's going to get more than the minimum. So if the Ravens want him back, is he going to really want to go somewhere else? You know he spent his whole career here. He, he he's part of that. Um, there's another new cap rule from from last year's CBA, the four-year qualifying player, which means you've been on the, you're a free agent and you've been on the team for at least four straight years without interruption. Mm -hmm. um, which again kind of acts as acts as that uh, veteran salary benefit where you, they can get a bigger bonus. Than the veteran salary benefit, um, and but the, they still get the reduced salary. Um, but I'm not sure he's going to get a whole big that lot of signing bonus because again the market's going to dictate that guys like uh, guys like he's going to I mean, nobody's going to give him more than you know a very small bonus and a minimum deal. So mm -hmm. you know a lot of players like that. Why would I go somewhere else if they want me back here? I've been my whole career here, so I think there's probably a decent chance he's back if there's room. 
you know. Yeah. Um, but if he just doesn't make, again, if he's one of those guys, when it comes time to cut down to 53, he's not going to get such a signing bonus. It's going to be, oh, we can't cut him because we've wasted money. Um, right. right. At the, you know, at that point, if he's not amongst the 53, then, you know, he goes. Yes, yeah, so he could have twenty five, fifty thousand guaranteed at that point, yeah. and that would that might be it, yeah. and they would they'd be okay with that. In in the case of him, to to me, it it hinges on whether or not he can play defense or not. If he's only a special teams guy, I think the Ravens are rich with guys who could take over as defensive captain who have some of his instincts and whatnot. It's it's it, to me, it's can he get back to that dime back role because it was so key in terms of what value he provided the Ravens. All right, let's move on. Pernell McPhee is the next guy. Uh, you know, we talked about him the last time as a guy who could be another Raven for as long as he wants to be a Raven at a little bit more than the minimum salary. But but he's a guy who, again, can play, uh, you know, for for that veteran benefit yeah. salary. And, and, and what's the maximum he can earn on that and still cost the Ravens the minimum? Um, the it's one hundred and thirty seven five, I, I believe, mm-hmm. is the max uh, the max bonus. Um, I'm trying to think. Last year, now last year, remember he was coming off of the injury, um, right. so he um, did not even he got he got a lesser deal last year than he got the prior year. Um, now this year he stayed healthy and, and obviously contributed, so uh, that may be something that uh, you know they handle a little differently. Um, I heard I heard one of the the fan uh, yesterday afternoon. I think it was. They were talking about giving him a deal of two or three million, and I'm like, I don't see. It. No offense no to Pernell, I, I love him. I mean, I think he's, I think he's, you know, perfect fit for the role they have him in. Um, but I was kind of shocked by that. Um, <laughs> I that, that thought I thought that was way over the top. But um, you know, he. I'm trying to find him. Um, I think yeah, he only made. Well, he had he had the veteran salary of a million dollars, but I mean his cap number was was under nine hundred thousand. So, um, at, so I mean that was the veteran salary benefit. So, um, yeah, I would I would think he would be back. I mean he's another guy. Again, you know, do I want to go somewhere else? I'm not going to get paid if I go somewhere else. Am I going to get paid much more? You know, is is you know fifty thousand more somewhere else better than staying here where I'm comfortable and. So I, I, I would think he's going to be back. Obviously, it all depends on what happens in the draft and, you know, free agency and things like that. But especially because you know, right now, you know, they may lose three of their top guys so in free agency. So then you got Ferguson, you bring him back, you, you know, you go to the draft or somewhere else. So yeah, If you look at that, I, the only fear I have is that players like McPhee, who are at kind of the bargain level and everybody knows that they maybe have something to add, but you're still taking a gamble. Maybe Ward falls into this category as well. Uh, will be in slightly more demand in a year like this where cap space is very tight. So you end up with everybody's bargain hunting because nobody can afford the Judon, the Bowser, the Ngakwe. That you end up with a lot of marginal demand incremental marginal demand for guys who are towards the lower end of the of the salary structure no i, I think you're right it, it's you know it's that sort of it's, it's a little different numbers but it's the bishotti you know why pay you know mm-hmm. the top of the market for a guy who and i can get what the 80 20 thing i think he called it uh mm-hmm. where i can you know get 80 percent of it for 20 percent of the value or, or whatever his numbers were so you might be right with that it, that may be 
you know, uh, area where, where teams are like, well, I, I can't spend a lot. So, you know, but this is a guy I think can contribute for that for that amount. So McPhee, uh, interestingly, have 448 snaps this year. The Ravens, and that's that's excluding penalties. So he'd be up in the high 400s if you included those. With him on the field, the Ravens allowed 4.9 yard per play, per play. Without him on the field, 5.4 yards per play. Now he he moved to more of a run role, but boy, do the Raven do the Ravens need him as an edge setter? And did he look great in the game against Tennessee in that role? McPhee is so valuable and so versatile. They actually have trouble apportioning out his snaps to keep him at any kind of a reasonable limit. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, obviously, the year before he played, I mean, they, you know, they the whole time they've been saying they wanted to limit him, but um, and they, <laughs> they I mean, then he was, I mean, I think he was playing pretty much full games that year uh, until he got hurt. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, I just think he's the kind of guy that just fits in well here and. Hopefully he can be back, I guess. At least that's my perspective. <laughs> We've, talked We've talked a little bit about, about Ngakwe. Uh, let's talk about Marcus Peters because he's a, kind of an interesting one. He's got, you know, an interest, a, a, a kind of a team-friendly structure to the contract in terms of it having not a lot of guaranteed money. And he's in a, a, a better place if the Ravens wanted to cut him either this year or next. They could do it. They're not going to cut him this year, I'm pretty sure. But what do you think about the contract structure itself? Yeah, I mean, it was um, obviously it was a shorter term deal uh, when they had him sign it, and um, you know he was certainly having a a rebirth, <laughs> um, you know, at when he um, when he signed. So, uh, but what they did was they guaranteed, as opposed to giving him a big bonus. I mean, it was an eight million dollar bonus, but they guaranteed pretty much everything. Um, so the money he got. In the first year, uh, at the end of that year, and then last year, basically his base salary had a roster bonus, so they guaranteed 13 million there. So that that and that's that is in in my opinion, and I think I, I, that was a good sign because um, now they uh, we're I having some technical difficulties here. I'm sorry. We good? Introducing the Lowe's List for innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. I, I, I think so. Josh, do we, do we, are we okay on technically there? Uh, yeah, we should be fine. Um, Brian dropped out for a little bit, but it looks like oh, you're back now. I may have hit my, uh, my, my uh, headphone jack. So, um, well, it was like uh, your internet dropped out for a moment. Oh, okay. Video, That's what it looked like. Yeah, video kind of slowed down and everything. So okay. I think we're good right now. Okay, so, yeah, so that what they did, and I, I hope that's a, well, obviously this year is not going to be the year to do it, but in the future, you know, guaranteeing those salaries uh, those first couple of year salaries and giving the smaller bonus. So when you get to years, you know, four, five, and six, you, you can get out from under them, and but the players still played ha- paid handsomely. So, um, you know, Peters is an interesting character because, and he's an interesting character in general, I guess. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, there's always a release that comes out of nowhere. And if there's one, that's the one because it's, close to 10 million in cap savings there. 
Um, and there's no, as you said, there's no guaranteed money. It's just, it's just four million in dead money. Um, I, I would be surprised, but again, there always seems to be one of those holy cow ones. And as you mentioned, if Averett, you know, if they feel Averett's ready, and obviously they've already brought Smith back, and you know, if they feel comfortable, obviously you can't feel comfortable with Tavon Young's health, but. Um, but if they, they could draft a corner, well, right, or or you go out and get probably a veteran for a decent price on the market that is going to you're still going to save the money from Peters. So, um, not saying it's going to happen, um, but either, and this again this year is the year they're going to have to find cap space. And when you can find 10 million from one guy, uh, and his you know his play did come down from the year before. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, and that's why I think he's really playing for next year's contract this year, but he's still awfully good oh, I agree. individually. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm not expecting it, but I, I, they probably, you're probably more of a chance that they restructure the deal or, or extend it with some perhaps some dummy years um, that can spread out the restructure, and then they have to deal with some of that extra money not next year but the year after. Do you think, Do you think that, that, that the Ravens could go to Peters and say, hey, we want to drop your salary to $8 million this next year? We'll, we'll, um, what would they have to offer in exchange for that to happen? Now, I'm not talking about any kind of a restructuring necessarily, but if, if they offered him $8 million and guaranteed 25% of 2011, sorry, 2022, do you think they would ta- that he would take that? Um. You would have to be something. Um, it, it would have. He would have to make sure that 2022 was worth it. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but you could do that. And you, I think you're going to see a few of those. Um, mm-hmm. um, or again, I, I'm a I'm a big proponent of, of dummy years this uh, this time around. I never be that in the past. But um, you know, you can save Nick Nick Boyle's like the perfect one to me to do it because Harbaugh seems to you know is speaking like he's going to be around, but that 5.5 million again looks pretty enticing. Big number. Big number. Um, so you know you can take that, drop it down to 1.5, give him a four million dollar bonus, add three three dummy years onto the deal. So you save three million this year. You'd have to pay that next year on the cap, which obviously fingers crossed that everything's back to normal. So you got to be careful there. Um, but I, but that way you're not getting into a terrible extension. Um, you know, locking yourself into a terrible extension. So those are kind of things. That, now, granted, that's what the Saints did with, with Breeze year after year after year after year, <laughs> and you see where it got them. So it's not something you, you want to do, um, you know, a lot of. But, you know, unfortunately, this year you, you're going to have to make some decisions you don't want to have to make, and that may be the kind of deal, and Peters might be a good example of that too. I, I, I mean, I'd like, I wouldn't be opposed to it if the Ravens could set themselves a budget internally and stick to it if they thought it was reasonable. Like, maybe restructuring $15 million is reasonable in a year the cap drops to 175 But you need that money later. I mean, Andrews, Brown, Jackson, all those guys got to get re-signed. We're, not, we're probably not going to re-sign all of them. No, but you, got, you but, know, every team is going through the same thing. So it's not like, you know, in past years when they were restructuring deals, and, you know, and there were te- there were teams out there that had you know there were a ton of teams out there that had 50 million in space. That was problems because then you couldn't go and compete with them for players. But the Ravens are actually you know, but for the pandemic, would be one of those teams with 50 million right now. They'd be, mm-hmm. you know, I mean they're actually they're in middle of the middle of the pack right now. 
um, but they would, you know, I mean, they would be, they would have plenty of cap space. I mean, this was, you know, last year and this year and next year, whether Jackson gets a deal or, you know, if he gets a deal this year, then it'll be a small, no, smaller number next to the next couple of years still. You know, these were the, these were the gravy years. And, you know, unfortunately, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did look at the over-the-cap numbers, and the Ravens were around 14 and change in, in uh, total cap space. That If you add up all of the net cap across the entire NFL, it's only about $49 million and change. So the Ravens own about 29% of the total cap space in the entire league. Now, that's just one way to look at it, because obviously there's a bunch of forced purges, the Eagles, the Saints— to lead, leading the charge, who are going to have to Steelers. give a, a total, total between them of almost two hundred million, and, yeah. and yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, who else we got? Jordan Richards, probably not worth a discussion here, but uh, you know he's a problem to me because he doesn't really contribute a lot on defense, even though he's a good special teams player. Jimmy Smith resigned. Jihad Ward, interesting one, outside linebacker, maybe in the same group as McPhee in terms of a guy they'd like to get back if the price is right. Yeah, I would think so. Now, obviously, you know, he was, uh, he made it clear that he wasn't very happy in midseason when he was uh, inactive, um, whether, you know, he was going to look and say, I want to try somewhere else now because of that, or whether being active at the end and playing well is enough for him to, you know, to soften his his stance or, um, you know, the Ravens to say, um, you know, we'll bring it back. But again, he's another, he's another veteran, uh, you know, salary, minimum salary guy. I mean, nobody's other than maybe a little maybe a little more on I mean, but you know you're when you're you're talking about are you going to give him is he going to get 50 50k from somebody or 100k from somebody you know as a bonus mm-hmm. i mean you're not you're not looking at it you know is he going to get an extra million from somebody else i would be surprised at things like that so right won't be won't a chart breaking number, number. No. and and, and I, think, I think to me the the key thing is, is i see the ravens only having five outside linebackers next year not six so i mean they 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 got themselves in a position where they they weren't getting enough production, and they and they went out and got Yannick and Gagwe. Mm-hmm. Well, that gave them six right. to deal with. Sure. But when when they had, when they had five, five, the snaps were available. The, the active game day spots were available, and it wasn't a problem. So, uh, last couple guys on the list: Brandon Williams and and Derek Wolf, both on the defensive line. Derek Wolf, Derek Wolf, give me a probability that he'll be re-signed. If if this was a full cap year, I'd say absolutely. I would say. Eighty-five percent. I mean, because you just never know. Somebody might come along and, and you know blow you away. Best, best, um, best price me on the price for a two-year deal. Best guess. Um, well, let's see. He played three million this year. Um, he played. I think he only missed a game or two. So I'm thinking about how you could build incentives in. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a percentage of snaps. Was fifty-eight point three, which is damn high for a defensive lineman. Right. By far, led the Ravens. Right. So. So any any incentive that wouldn't count this year w- uh, would have to be you know sixty percent um, snaps, um, which is again you know in his oh, career. Oh, that's could, just to be clear, that makes it qualify for NLTVE. Right. So it would not count this year. So if he reaches it, then again it gets paid in twenty twenty two. So that's a way of getting him more money. But that's as you said already, that's a high snap count to start with. Um, sacks could be. He didn't have a lot of sacks, right? No, no, so they could do it. They could do it based on that. What did he have? About three sacks or something. Guess that, yeah. So you know they could do four, and you know they could do five sacks or four sacks. I mean, because in his career he's, he was a guy who got sacks at times. So, um, so I would think you're looking at, at that three million, two and a half to three million per year kind of number. 
Um, because again, guys are just going to take pay cuts. It's just that simple, you know. Right. Um, so you know, he can't go in and say, "Look, I played well last year and I made three, so I should make four this year." <laughs> it's just you, you know, you can't make that argument. Normal cap years, you can make that argument, but you you can't do that now. One sack, one sack for Wolf okay. this year. He, he did have one additional in the postseason at Tennessee. So you so they could easily build some incentives in there, um, you know. 100 grand for three sacks, another 100 grand, or you know, something yes. like that for five, or something like that, even more, you know. But so they could certainly do things like that. Breaking, breaking news, breaking, breaking news, breaking news coming across. Josh Soroka is reporting. All right, I thought we were going to save this for the mailbag, but we no, right no, we want to hear this right now. So ESPN is now reporting that the Texans are hiring David Culley. Wow. Oh, my God, that's a huge windfall for the Ravens. That's crazy. <laughs> How could he be on the, on the radar? I mean, we hear nothing but beating up on the Ravens' passing game. He's the passing game coordinator. Yeah. He gets hired by the Texans, and the Ravens are going to get two third-round picks, oh one in each of the next two years. We will do a virtual high-five here, Brian, on that one because that's unbelievable. I mean, he sounds like he's a really good guy and a really good coach. I understand the, 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 the obvious the limitations there, passing game, but uh, there's a guy for the Texans who I know pretty well who, who does who does the same thing I do, mm-hmm. and he oh my God, he's got to be beside himself. I mean, they already are obviously, but mm-hmm. I don't know how Cully solves their their Deshaun Watson problem. I mean, I don't know if anybody could apparently, but. Um, Wow, it's going to be a fun year with the quarter, fun off season with the quarterbacks. That's for sure. Right, right. Wow, and he's got to be a leader of men. I think they they must have seen that in him the way they saw Harbaugh. I mean, who would have thought that Harbaugh'd be hired? Right, and I and I, and I think history. that's. I mean, I think that's what, how he's been described. Um, but wow. That's great news. Great news. What happened to the trend of like going after all the young guys? He's not yeah, a young I mean, guy. Yeah, no, not well. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it could have been that some of, I mean, I mean, they actually, I mean, it seemed like the young guys were out of the picture there. So maybe a lot of the young guys there, given the dysfunction, were like, eh, you know, I'm not, but you got, because the last two were, were Cully and Leslie Frazier, and Leslie Frazier's not a spring chicken either. So um, I'm guessing that's, that's probably what happened is that the dysfunction there, they're like, I don't, you know, the top candidates are like, I'm not interested. It could also, it might not be that. It might be that they really trust him to build a coaching structure at his age. I mean, there a lot of the younger coaches do kind of have a chip on their shoulder, and they want all young guys beneath them that they can they can move around. Or maybe they want old professional guys, but you end up with this barbelling of a lot of Coach Joe D's. Right. We're very technical and, and, and good, but you also end up with a lot of young guys that you you know you, you fit into that clique, and you're not you're not hiring from the whole field the way you should be if you're if you're the Ravens or maybe if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you have you know people who are strong at the top and are secure in their own hiring. Yeah, yeah. So, and and I, you know, like I said, it does. It, it, you mentioned it does sound like he's a guy um, that um, is a good leader, and that I think that's probably maybe more of what they need than you know. He may have come in and said, "This is who I'm." Br-, you know, they they talk about their staff. This is who I'm bringing in. This is who I want. And you know, they like the people. You know, they like the offensive coordinator. You know, I mean, James Urban could be gone now. Um, you know, I mean, I know he, I, he was, did he interview in Jacksonville or did he, he interviewed somewhere, uh, for offensive coordinator. And obviously that could be, 
which you know back to the drawing board because I think he was a good one. Yeah, and, yeah, he's he's a very good influence on Lamar. It'd be it'd be sad to lose him. If if I were Urban, being an OC as opposed to being Lamar's quarterback coach, it's awfully nice to be the caddy to a that's true. you know a longtime star in the NFL. Right, and that gives you you know if you know if Roman were to get a job somewhere next year, you you, you step mm-hmm. right up, and then that makes it you know easier. Well. Although, you know, going to be uh, Sean Watson's OC is probably not a bad thing either. Um, there you go. So, uh, but, yeah, I agree with you. But that's, that's, a good, that's good to hit your wagon to. He's a good guy to hit your wagon to, too, for sure. All right, you got sidetracked a little bit like that. Let's get back to the list here. Brandon Williams, any chance the Ravens look at his number and say, we can't afford it? Normally, again, that's, I keep saying this about everybody. Um, normally, I would say if the cap was where it's supposed to be, um, I would say they'd be fine, but there is, you know, there's 7.5 million in cap savings there. Um, they, uh, they love him, obviously. They would not want to see him go. Whether he's a short-term extension kind of guy or a dummy years kind of extension kind of guy um, is possibility. He already took a pay cut last year, um, you know, so... Was that, was that more of a restructure? Well, or was it was. Really it, a cut, it, cut? He, he, I think, if I remember correctly, he cut. It was a two. It was a two or three million dollar cut over the two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little this in cash this year. His cap number's the same this year. So that's what it mm-hmm. was. So the, it, it, he he took a two million dollar pay cut this year. His cap number is the same because of the bonus they gave him last year. Added the two million back to his cap number. Um, he does have a smart by his agent. He has a. Uh, roster bonus due early in the league year, um, which basically forces the Ravens to pay him then or cut him before that. Um, so that should be resolved pretty early. Um, fifth day of the league year? What, is it one of those? Or I, think, it... I think it's fifth day, yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, and they, usually when it's fifth day, they don't wait that long. Now, would they go back to him and say, we need another million or two? Um, because you're, you know, there's not going to be money on the market and or again, we'll, we'll, we'll extend your deal a year, um, like kind of, and then you know, we'll guarantee part of next year. Mm-hmm. So even if we cut you next year, you know, you're getting the money you're perhaps losing this year, you'll get it next year. And if you're not here, then you still get it, and uh, we'll retrade you or something, you know, but one way or another, you're gonna get it from us. So, I mean, that, that's a possibility as well. So, I, again, I don't see it, but I just don't see where they're going to, you know, they're going to need cap space and they're just going to have to find it somewhere. Okay, Brian, I can only do this with people like you because you immediately get this kind of question, okay? It's it's the third day of the league year and the Ravens have made a surprise cut, but you don't know who it is. And the four possibilities are Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, Marcus Peters, and Nick Boyle. Assign me a percentage chance to each of those four. Um, I would say Campbell would be the least likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, because of the ten million in dead money for the five million savings, it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. Um, so we'll go with that's a fifteen percent chance. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. okay. Um, Keep going. Never know. I mean, never say never. So it's probably ten, but I'll go with fifteen. Um, okay. You can, adjust. you can adjust. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably going to have to. Um, Boyle, Williams, and Peters. I say Boyle is the most likely. 50? Of those. Of those, yes. 
Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go back. You, so Campbell's going to have to go down to 10%. Okay. okay. So that's 60, so that's 20, and so it's 20 and 20. You get a 25 so got, and a 15 yeah, left, or um, two 20s. Yeah, so um, Peters and Williams, Peters and Williams, Peters and Williams. I'll say, hmm, here, I'm going to get even more finer. Um, <laughs> 22 Williams, 18 Peters. 22 Williams, 18 Peters. There you go. Okay, okay. so that's, so that's directly, directly from the mouth of Brian McFarlane. McFarlane. Surprise, Surprise cut, 50% chance to be Boyle, 22% Williams, 18 Peters. Oh, oh. No, sorry, my headphone jack is to me again, but I'm back. Am I back? All right, very okay. good. Uh, we want to get a little bit, little bit deeper into this. Tavon Young is the one veteran cap value concern. Tavon could come back and be great, but he's going to be a cap Fingers value crossed. concern yeah. <laughs> no matter what in 2022 when he's back to his full salary again. He only took a, effectively a one-year pay right. cut. Yeah, so, I mean, he's, that was a good deal for both. He, uh, again, he took a pay cut. He got the guaranteed salary this year, which makes it very unlikely they would cut him. Um, so, um, because otherwise, they, if he didn't, they were, he would be cut. <laughs> I don't think there's, you know, I mean, at this point, when we had that conversation, you know, we were basically saying he and Ingram were the guys that um, were certainly looking like they were, they were getting cut. So, um, so, yeah, so I think that's, um, I think that's right on, it, it, wherever... You know, he's playing for playing for that next year, and it may he may not even get that next year. But um, but again, if he plays really well, then maybe they look to extend that and you know spread that out a little. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was a good deal for him. Um, and just again, fingers crossed, because when he's healthy, he's darn good. He's a hell of a player when yeah. he's healthy, that's for sure. So I'm going back to Anthony Averett for a second. And, or maybe a young draftee and, or who the Ravens draft. And look at the cornerback situation, which seems tremendously deep. It includes Tavon Young, who's obviously a cap value concern, but, all, but also an injury concern. Marcus Peters, who's a, who's a value concern, really, but, but is, is playing at a high level currently. It includes Jimmy Smith, who every year Ravens fans predict will be his last. And I've been right in that category predicting that, that he would not be re-signed. Um, but it's, it, it just seems like if you're Anthony Averett, a lot of things would have to go wrong for you not to get an opportunity here in Baltimore. Well, that's true because, as as we said, you know, our, our, it always seems like every year, last couple of years certainly, we felt very deep, and it hasn't turned out that way. I mean, heck, two years ago they went out and got Peters because of the problems they were having. So, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, Averett, uh, you know, it's going to be a big year for him because if he does get that chance, he, you know, if he can, you know, he can show it, then. Wow, you know, um, you know, he can hit that market next year when it should be a full cap. Hopefully, again, fingers crossed. All right. Now, in the transitional category, I've got 13 players. I'm just going to read them off, and I want you to tell me who you think might still be a player out of this group. But Aaron Adoye, uh, Otaro Olako, Terrell Bonds, Aaron Crawford, Pierre Desir, Khalil Dorsey, Braxton Hoyt, Jaron Curse, who people thought would be here, but he's actually a free agent, so is Desir. Uh, Iman Marshall, Chauncey Rivers, Nigel Warrior, Christian Welch, and Chris Westry. Most of these guys did play some in 2020 just because of COVID and like and the, everybody getting called up for the one game. Uh, who on that list do you think might be a contributor for the 2021 Ravens? Well, I mean, Marshall, just because he's a corner. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. we haven't seen him in two years, so but he was a draftee and a corner. Um, 
you know, they obviously thought enough of him drafting my three. He's a fourth rounder, if I remember correctly. That's right. So, but he's entering year three, so that, that option is declining. Right, in value. right. Terrific. But, you know, as, as far as, you know, if he plays well, if he has good OTAs and things like that, then at least he makes the roster. And, you know, as we said, who knows if he gets a chance to play or not. Um, for the future, future, I mean, none of them really. But, I mean, the one I think they really liked Aaron Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how he did. He did he see many snaps in the game he was active. Yeah, he he played something like eighteen snaps in against Pittsburgh. Actually, I don't think it was Pittsburgh he was active against. It was a different game. I think it was Pittsburgh was the one that everybody was active. So yeah, uh, but but I want to say I want to say it was a different game, and I'm gonna have trouble finding it the way my my data is set up here. But let me see if I can just check the Pittsburgh game and see if that was it. Yeah, he played eighteen snaps against Pittsburgh in the in the second game, and they played they played better with him on the field for whatever that means, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but I thought he looked very good in that game, and, and I was upset with all the times they'd gone with four defensive linemen when it would really when it would really hurt them, like against Tennessee, right. and I think against New England as well. They did the same thing. Yeah, so I mean, and you know, they they have a good history of, of finding those um, you know defensive tackles in uh, undrafted guys that you know aren't necessarily going to be superstars, but are going to you know give you some quality minutes. And as you said, they need to get young. Uh, at the position, so he, you know, he would seemingly be a guy who would, I mean, because most of these guys are probably not even pushing for a roster spot next year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really pushing. I mean, obviously, Welsh was on the, the roster for mo- for half the year, um, but, you know, I'm not sure as a defender, you know, he, he wasn't really here to be a defender, he's here to be special teams and, and be depth, but I think Crawford probably of those guys, I don't really know much, uh, you know, some of the other guys that were uh, on the practice squad because again we didn't get to see preseason so you know mm-hmm. we didn't get a, get a really good look at them but those would be the I guess you know Crawford and Marshall probably the two most likely um, to to be on the roster next year. All right the guys I, I, I've got I've got Welch included in the group and Crawford but the other two guys I think who have a chance just because I, I want the Ravens to go back to dime so maybe I, I'm projecting <laughs> that I want sure. this are Nigel Warrior, who apparently has had some practice issues and whatnot, and I don't mean ethically, I mean in terms of understanding where he's supposed to be on the field, which is obviously a problem. But the other guy, they just brought in this Chris Westry, who looks like a comp for J. Ron Curse. He's a 6'4 safety. So one of these massive guys who, you know, just screams dime back mm-hmm. to me. Uh, maybe maybe either he or Curse uh, would come back. Curse is a lower probability because he can sign anywhere, of course. Right, and he's a, he's a veteran, so... Um... That's why most of the guy, most of the veterans that were on the practice squad weren't resigned because of one, they're going to cost more, and two, they want to kind of look around and they're guys you can get later. So, um, so you know, so once once those guys and, and Bonds obviously, that was a little surprising. I mean, granted he was going to be low on the totem pole here with mm-hmm. the, all the other corners we've we've mentioned, but I was surprised when he wasn't signed and he just signed with Miami yesterday the day before. Uh, oh, he did. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, he just wow. did. To the, okay. um, he, they got a future deal there. So he obviously didn't, even though he got some minutes here, I guess he figured, you know, with Smith back and, you know, Dorsey was ahead of him, you know, uh, even earlier in the year, Dorsey was the one who got called up. So, mm-hmm. you know, Dorsey's ahead of him. Marshall comes back. Tavon Young comes back. So what is that about him, like eighth in line or something? So I guess that's why he, he thought that, you know, I'm assuming it was his decision to go elsewhere. Right. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going we're gonna to hold off on the mailbag until after the offensive show. But Brian, I, I just want to thank you again. It is such a pleasure 
to talk about this with you every time we do it. It, it doesn't always feel like a completely new show. And yet, I, I'm sorry, it, it isn't always a completely new show, but it feels like a completely new show because it's always a fun conversation to have. And to have this, uh, the Cully deal, strike while we're on air, that's a lot of fun. And, and by now, awesome. everyone else has gone ahead and confirmed it. So right. it's not just ESPN. Yes. Wow. I'm, right I, now, I'm, I'll be cute. Well, we maybe should do some in the next part, or should we finish it here? Uh, I'll be curious to uh, see where they, how these third round picks work, um, mm-hmm. because there's going to be a lot I think of. They'll them. be after comp. I, I assume the comps will come first, and so they'll be lower uh, on the third. And I mean, what? There's there's already three. This is probably the fourth one now. Really? Well, let's see. San Francisco got one for the Jets coach. Mm-hmm. Um, Salah. Yeah, Salah. Right. Um, Jacksonville didn't. Detroit didn't. Oh well, there's some. There was. Um, they, you get them for GMs too. Okay. So the uh, the couple there was. I think the others were all from G. Or may have been from GMs. I'll have to look those up. But the um, Texans have a new GM. They do, but that was the guy. Uh, that was the guy from New England. So it's not okay. him. Um, I'm trying to think, but I'll try That's to look okay. that up. Yeah. We, we'll, we'll come back to yeah, it. Yep. Josh will look it up for us, in fact. Uh, Brian, before we go, people tell people where they can find your stuff and on Twitter, follow you and whatnot. Sure. So um, on Twitter, I'm at Raven Salary Cap. Um, this is my busy time. Oh, it'll probably slow down over the next month or so, but then by late February, it'll... Well, actually, I guess we're almost February, so it's not a month or so anymore. Um, so, you know, things will pick up, and then uh, uh, free agency starts on March 17th. So that's the big time. And obviously figuring out, you know, once we know what the cap exactly is going to be, whether it's going to be 175 or higher, hopefully. Um, obviously it benefits everybody, but I think everybody would prefer a higher cap um, when we talk about these things. And, uh, and then I, obviously my uh, stories at Russell Street Report, um, the big, my big story just was last week. And that's the, the preview, which will be updated periodically as we get closer. And, and uh, as signings happen, you know, as soon as I know the details, they're on Twitter and then there's an article. Well, I, I'll, I'll say a couple of things. First of all, if you're not following at Raven Salary Cap, make sure you do it. Second of all, tag him on all salary cap questions. Don't ask me. I'm just going <laughs> to tag him. And, and particularly if it's not something that's, in a, you know, a very base understanding of the thing, there I'll probably be okay. But if, if it's something, any kind of nuance to it at all, any kind of difficulty of question above a, you know, third grade cap level question, make sure you have at Raven salary cap tagged to that. And, and Brian is very good about responding, even though he's a busy lawyer himself. Appreciate having you on, Brian. Thanks. And we'll Absolutely. talk to you next Sounds time. Sounds good. Thanks. Talk to you next time on Film Study. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.